Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And I am Rick Broblick. There he is. uh, Here I am. Said my name. Are you happy? Are you proud? I'm I'm very proud of you, man. Mm -hmm. Couldn't be more proud of you. Fact. Well done. Wow, well done. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, this, bar was pretty low. You hit the le- the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> I had real low expectations. You said your name. Way to go. Tip of the cap. <laughs> well done. What are we getting into today? We're uh, talking about names. Now we're talking about sermons. So last week uh, I recapped a sermon. This week Rob is recapping his sermon from Citizens Church. Um, great sermon out of. Mark chapter 8? Five. Five. Uh, Matthew 8. But yeah, tune in. It'll be a great listen. You doing? You got anything better than that? No, that's how I, that's how I pretty much started every time. Now, okay. do you do you like having like it's just set in your mind? You don't think about it. You just what up? Dude, what I'm up? a Type A personality, so yes, mm. I'm very much so like that. What if someone told you that it's a terrible thing? Like um, then I would, would probably you... take it to heart. Oh, okay, I didn't <laughs> say that. I'm just I'm just asking. <laughs> and I'd probably try to at least consider something else. No, you. The people pleaser in me would be like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm doing something offensive. Maybe you I should do, try yeah. to. Yeah, it's offensive mm-hmm. when you're doing the what up, what up. What up, what what's up. up. What's up, what's up. <laughs> Those who aren't tall um, are offended by it. Mm. Well, the words of Alan Culbertson, you can't be tall and that's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Whatever pal. that means. Um, yeah, so we're back at it, man. Back at it again Last in the White Last episode. Like, do you mean like literally White Vans? Are you talking about shoes or vehicles? Shoes. <laughs> Very different connotations. There's there's some YouTube video out there. It's like, ah, Daniel, back at it again in the white vans. <laughs> okay, that's not, okay. Context is key. Context is key. Um, last episode, we kind of just recapped a, a sermon that I preached at Proclamation Church. Mm. Um, it's now a week later mm. when listeners are listening, uh. but you haven't preached last Sunday, so that what true. you're about to recap is two weeks old or a week and a half mm. old by the time the listener, um, the listener's ears are graced with your voice. Oh, my. Um, Lord willing, if the Lord tarries, they will be able to hear this. So, with that, Rob, um, let's cut out the chitty chat, chat, chat. Cut out the chitter chatter. Um, cut out that banter. I Who just, needs it? Well, I just want to know. Oh, okay. One question. One, one thing. One only thing. One thing I ask. It's one thing I seek. Um, what does PS on your whiteboard stand for? <laughs> That's what you were. <laughs> so last week, Rick asked what BS stands for, and it's not what you guys are thinking. <laughs> no, it stands no. for Bible studies. Okay, okay, okay. And so it says Rob, but it doesn't was, say that, so we're not while sure. While I was working on something, Rick went behind me to the whiteboard, and I forgot about it until he asked this question. I realized now that he wrote in red red marker, PS. Yeah. What does it stand for, Rick? I'm asking you. It's on your whiteboard. Uh, postscriptum. No. You used a phrase in the phone call with someone that was... I, I remembered. I want to remember. I want to talk about it. Do you remember it? <laughs> sure do. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we can we can skip that uh, unless you want to talk about it. It wasn't. <laughs> now most of you are going to think it's a dirty term. I mean, I guess it could be literally dirty. <laughs> 
I was gonna say it's not exactly a clean thing. Yeah, exactly. I said poop sickle. <laughs> what? That's not. Don't act surprised. You know exactly what. That, <laughs> that is not. That wasn't it. That worked out perfectly. <laughs> poop sickle. Okay, to clarify, what Robert didn't say poop sickle on a phone call. <laughs> I thought maybe that's when I said it. I've never heard the term poopsicle ever in my life. An hour ago. I know. That was the first time. Okay. Um, What does PS stand for? Well, it's going to be a mystery. I'm not telling you. (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't say it while we're recording. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. So, Rob, um, you guys at Citizens Church Westerville. Mm. uh, Not to be. Part of the Greater Citizens Church conglomerate. Not that we are other ones. (laughs) Citizens Church International, you know. Yeah. I mean, there are other churches named (laughs) Citizens Church, but. We're not multi-site or multi-campus or anything like that. Um, Yeah, but you guys, you guys started public gatherings last fall, in the midst of uh, unprecedented, unprecedented pandemic, first time in a century, and Mm. you're like, yeah, let's start this thing. And you guys been marching through the book of Mark. Been marching through Mark. Marching through Mark, marking your way through there. Um, Yeah, and I think you said you guys are in chapter five this week. We are. a week and a half ago. Well, yeah, we'll be the in chapter five. The last sermon you preached. Yeah. yeah I'll right, be man. in chapter five for a minute. So, so. Um, we're taking a little bit of a, um, I don't say a hiatus, but just a little bit of a detour from our usual mojo. Taking the scenic route. Take on, the, on the podcast. And just kind of taking a couple of weeks and recapping our sermons. Um, not because we think Robert and or I are brilliant, brilliant speakers or preachers, um, but we believe they're the Lord in his word is a great gift, and so we're just going to take a time, take some time, and... Uh, look at the Word. Look at the Word, so... Look at the book. Look at the book. All Johnny right. P style. Yes. All right, so Rob. Yeah. You asked me this question. I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. Before we get going. Okay. What's your summary statement for this Ooh. text? Give us a text reference, and then give so us the your statement. So the text is Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> I already got it wrong. <laughs> That's why they were all confused exactly. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> the text is Mark 5, verses mm-hmm. 1 through 20. Oh, wow. And um, I'm not going to read all 20 verses, but basically it's the passage where um, Jesus arrives at the Gerasen region, mm-hmm. and a man possessed by thousands of demons comes out of the tombs and interacts with them. Jesus sends the demons into mm-hmm. um, a herd of pigs, and then they run off into the sea. Yes. All right. So. Wonderful. Um, the summary statement is that because... God has shown us mercy mm-hmm. through his power and goodness, we must respond with faith and obedience. Okay. Say that again. Because God has shown us mercy through his power and mm-hmm. goodness, mm-hmm. we must respond with faith and obedience. All right. I dig. Dig it. All right, Rob. Preach away. Preach away. Um, okay. Ooh, here we go. I have a question for you. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but no, so, so basically went through this passage, read the passage. Um, June did a great job reading the passage. June, if you're listening, thank you, brother. And um, just pointed out a few things. So the kind of like, like the opening tension that mm-hmm. was, was built there was um, I, I read a quote from a book called the, um, the in, in atheist values no quite the opposite in atheist values by richard robinson and he kind of he kind of gave an argument for um why the christian god cannot exist and it's the the problem of evil 
So that's what it's commonly known as, but essentially he lays out the three points that one, if God is an all good God, um, and two, if he's an all powerful God, then three, there should be no misery in the world. However, the problem is we do see a lot of misery in the world. And so he says, therefore, um, God cannot be all good and all powerful. So therefore the God of the Bible does not exist. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of talked through four different points in this text, um, kind of talked about it as like four scenes. And I tried to clarify not to, not to be that guy, but I tried to clarify like, Hey, I'm not trying to tie this to any movie or anything (laughs) like that. Love good movies. Um, but let's look at it as kind of four scenes in this. Um, why wouldn't you want to do that? uh, Don't worry about it. It's not, (laughs) not a big fan of that style. And the Lord can use it. The Lord does use it. So definitely want to be careful there. So anyways, um, we kind of talked about the introduction, uh, the interaction, mm-hmm. the response, and the result. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of pointed out that right when Jesus gets on on the shore there, yeah. um, after going through the Sea of Galilee, and there's this massive violent storm. Yeah. Um, and he calms this violent storm on the Sea of Galilee to, Galilee to get to uh, this region. He comes out, and now there's a, a violent storm, not in nature, but a violent storm raging inside of a man. And the man has thousands of demons inside of him. The man immediately is drawn out of the tombs, Mm -hmm. supernaturally, almost effectually. He's effectually called out of the tombs. Mm -hmm. And um, he immediately recognizes who Jesus is. And Jesus hasn't revealed his identity publicly to this point. So there have been a couple demons who have tried to publicly announce who he he was in Mark mm-hmm. 1 and Mark 3, and each time Jesus told them to be quiet. And we're now in this um, Gentile region, and a demon comes out and tries to name who Jesus is, but this time he doesn't silence him. Mm-hmm. And reason, likely at least what commentators say, is because Jesus... Um, is in a Gentile region. They, not, he's not surrounded by people who are expecting a Messiah. And so when a demon announces that he's the Messiah, it can almost discredit him because a demon said it, but he doesn't have to hush this demon because no nobody in that area is expecting a Jewish Messiah because they're in a Gentile region. Um, and you can interrupt me anytime, man. Don't me go too far. I see you're yawning. Mm. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad this is really riveting for you. It's like 78 degrees in this office, which is probably like 78 degrees in the, in the church gathering space here exactly. yesterday. <laughs> exactly. It was warm. That's for sure. But anyways, um, kind of also pointed out that uh, in this passage, mm-hmm. we see a parallel passage in Matthew 8 and mm-hmm. Luke 8. And in Matthew, it says there's two men yeah. who come out of the tomb. So how do you reconcile that? Is yeah. the Bible wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, did Matthew deceive his writers? Is right. Mark deceiving so his writers? How would you handle that? So the... I just shared them with the commentators say. Yeah. So commentators say um, essentially that each, the Greek style of writing is mm-hmm. not chronological and it's not get every detail right in the historical. It's we're making a point here. Mm-hmm. And so you would get these gospels and it wasn't like chapter verse. Mm-hmm. It was, you read the whole thing and a, a point is being made in this whole thing. Yeah, And each gospel writer and each, um, writer throughout the New Testament, just that Greek style of writing, but especially the Gospels, they're making a theological point. Mm-hmm. And so Matthew, mm-hmm. writing to a Jewish audience, right. makes sure to point out that there are two 
demon-possessed men here. Because Deuteronomy 19 says that to establish a charge, Mm -hmm. there must be more than one other person. And so if there are two, two people agree on something, then the charge is established. You can see this in Matthew 18, too, when you Mm -hmm. talk about church discipline. And so when Matthew talks about this instance, he says there are two demon-possessed men. So when the demon-possessed men say, who are you, Mm -hmm. son of the Most High God? Right. They're making a charge, and they're establishing it that this is, in fact, the Son of the Most High God. Yeah. Now, Mark is not trying to make that point to a Jewish audience. He's Mm -hmm. trying to make a separate point. Mm -hmm. And so he only references that there's a demon-possessed man. So talk through that. Mm -hmm. Talk about what sin does, how it um, isolates us, how it harms us and it harms others. We see this with the demon-possessed man being isolated. He's living among the tombs, an unclean area by himself. Um, surrounded by death. Um, he's cutting himself with stones and crying out, and others tried to bind him, uh, but they just weren't able to. And so this guy's invoking terror on... What a terrible... Th- like, seriously, like, yeah. imagine living in an area, and like, well, there's that guy, and literally, like, nothing can contain him. Yeah. He's literally... Unrest- literally. Unrestrained evil. Yeah. Like, if you want to know what unrestrained evil looks like, this guy. And so then we talked about the interaction between mm-hmm. him and Jesus... And um, oddly enough, he asks Jesus not to torment him, mm-hmm. which kind of points to he knows his time is coming, as yeah. all demons do, that the judgment day is coming. We reference Jude 6, Acts 10, 42, John 5, 22, and 2 Corinthians 5, 10, mm-hmm. these passages that talk about Jesus being the one to bring judgment. So this demon-possessed man coming out feels called to come out and kneel mm-hmm. and then beg Jesus not to torment him because yeah. he knows he deserves it. Right. And in Matthew, he says, before the time. So don't torment me before the time. So he knows that his time's coming. He's hoping it's not now. And so he, we see the first instance of begging. There's a few instances of begging throughout this passage. Um, see that first instance of begging where demon possessed man is begging him, don't torment me. Mm-hmm. And he begs him to send him into the pigs. Mm-hmm. So Jesus grants that request almost surprisingly. Yeah and um, allows him to go into the pigs. And one of the things that we kind of drew from that is that we should not um, determine... Pork. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We should not determine our um, standing with God based off of a random answered prayer. And <clears throat> so essentially what we mm-hmm. see here is that this demon right. talks to God, right. makes a request, and gets what he requests. Yeah. And Satan, in the book of Job, right. talks to God, makes a request, and receives the request that he asks for. And oftentimes, people can say, oh, trust me, me and God are good. I've prayed. He's, he answers my prayers. He hears me when I pray. Yeah. It's like, that should not be the litmus test. Yeah. You're not in good company if, if that's the only thing you're basing where it off could of. People ha- where could they go in Scripture if they want a good litmus test, Rob? Ooh, um, I think a good litmus test would be John fourteen six. Okay. And I know where you're going with that. You can also go to First John. Any part, all of First John. <clears throat> First John's great. But we went to John fourteen six to say mm-hmm. that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. If you say that you're in good standing with God, but you are not going through Jesus, you ain't you ain't you're not in good, good standing. standing with God. Yeah. So so you're so you're working through this. You're yep. bringing up the wonderful point that. You know, just because you have received an answered prayer does not mean that you're now in God's favor. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, it's, I find it interesting when, when Jesus, again, you've, you've addressed this, but he's, you know, 
in verse 7. Um, what do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you before God. His appeal is not to any other source. Yeah. His appeal is not on behalf of, you know, the community or the goodness of, like, the culture or, like, just be, you know, there's one there's one place, there's one position that holds the authority to which anyone can appeal, mm-hmm. and that is before God. Yeah. And he's, he's begging before God because God mm-hmm. has set a time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, this is... This isn't the time, is it? Like, I'm begging you before God. Like, God is my witness. This isn't the time, right? You're not going right. to torment me now, are you? And so, yeah, it, it is interesting to to point that out. And so we um, kind of got to see, like, the term legion. Jesus mm-hmm. asked what his name is. He says, my name is legion because we are many. Now, is that... I see these around, like, the American legion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so yeah. it's... A... It's American demons. <laughs> okay. That's what it is. They brand... they have their own chapters? Is no, that no. what it is? Yep. Okay. It's really a lot of demon-possessed um, men and women who just, just want to get together for a cup of coffee and a beer. Cards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bingo night and uh-huh. uh, <laughs> Kino. <laughs> exactly. No, the term legion is um, a military term. Mm-hmm. That means thousands of fighting men. Okay. So it typically is around 5,000, but yeah. could... Give or take a few thousand. Um, commentators tend to agree that there were about two thousand in this man because the immediate reference right after that is to go to two thousand pigs. Mm-hmm. And um, so John Calvin points out. He says, "What compassion then was it to rescue from so many deaths a man who was more than a thousand times ruined, hmm. more than a thousand times ruined?" And it's it's not- noticeable to point out that apart from God's protection. We are susceptible not to one demon attack, yeah. but thousands. Yeah. So, um, points that out, and then and then we see the result of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pigs go into the sea. Um, the demons were begging Jesus, "Let us stay in the region. Um, don't cast us out of the region, but send us into the pigs." And so their request is granted, but it doesn't mean they're in right standing with God because we then see that their request led to their destruction. Yeah. And so these pigs go into the sea, and then the onlookers are like, oh my goodness, what just happened? All these shepherds who are watching over their herd of pigs, they all just went in there, so they run into the town, and they grab the people, and they're like, look, that dude we couldn't restrain, like something happened. Yeah. And all the pigs, by the way, just flew off into the flying pigs, right off mm-hmm. into, the, uh, into the sea. So you guys got to come see what just happened. And so these people come out, and so they know of what what just happened they were told and they kind of see that okay there were 2000 pigs here mm-hmm. there are now no pigs here right. and i would imagine some of them probably looking over the the cliff mm-hmm. and they're seeing thousands of pigs and they now beg mm-hmm. so we saw the demons begging mm-hmm. and now we see these people begging and they beg jesus to leave the region yeah which is a little ironic because yeah. The demons just beg Jesus to stay in the, for them to stay in the region. Don't yeah. cast us out of the region, cast us into the pigs. And so these people are saying, you clearly are more powerful. Um, we've experienced power that we couldn't control, and it was mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. And so we would prefer not to have something even more powerful, so could you leave? Like, these demons said we want to stay here. The demons said that they want to stay here. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll take our chances. Yeah. Like, you're more powerful, but we don't know. Are you going to continue to... Mm-hmm. Are you going to be worse than the demon-possessed man? Yeah. And so they begged Jesus to leave. Um, kind of pointed out there that 
Um, mm-hmm. There's a difference between knowing Jesus and knowing of Jesus. And these people knew of Jesus, mm-hmm. but they didn't really know him. Because then we see the demon-possessed man, after he's healed, he begs Jesus. And he begs Jesus to stay with him. He begs that he can mm-hmm. stay with, with Jesus. What is it? Verse um, 18. As he, Jesus, was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him earnestly that he might remain with him. Jesus did not let him, but told him, go home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Life Journal. Life Journal is a 90-day planner and journal to help you organize your day, accomplish your goals, and grow in your faith. And the thing that I love about Life Journal is that, as you guys know, I also work full-time outside of the church. So this journal is put together really well, very sturdy, and it looks really sharp. So I can walk into any business meeting with this journal and feel good about opening up and taking notes. And then in addition to that, it also is able to gear your day toward keeping the gospel at the forefront of your mind. It's got a section each day, what I'm thankful for, uh, what scripture did I read, what did I learn here, what was new, how will I use this today, and then it has a gospel connection. How did this reveal the gospel or point myself or others to Christ. So it's not only a productivity journal, it's got your top three, it's got a spot for notes, it's got a spot to track your five foundations and daily goals, but it also brings it all back to the most important thing, the gospel. So we heartily endorse the gospel-focused life journal, and if you want to learn more, go over to gospelfocused.com. Again, that's gospelfocused.com. And so the difference between someone who knows of Jesus and knows Jesus is that the person who knows of Jesus doesn't have a desire to be with him. Yeah. Whereas the one who has been impacted by Jesus, the one who truly does know him, desires, begs to be with him. Um, and then we see that in all of this, Jesus came to this man mm-hmm. in his goodness. He went through a violent storm. He... Um, got to a very unclean area. In fact, what was it? Um, the Pillar New Testament commentary says that if, if the swineherds were supplying the Roman legions with pork, then the raising of unclean food for the detested Roman occupation was doubly offensive. Thus, Jesus meets a man with an unclean spirit, living among unclean tombs, surrounded by people employed in unclean occupations, all in an unclean Gentile territory. Like, this is an extremely unclean place. And if you've been around pigs, you know. Oh, yeah. They are unclean. They are indeed. <laughs> they, they reek. So Jesus goes to great lengths for this one mm-hmm. man, gives up. He does away with generational wealth yeah. of 2,000 pigs. I mean, that, that would be wealth, I mean, to last a lifetime yeah. and to last your kids' lifetimes because just you're set. Um, and is willing to give up all of that for the sake of this one man. It shows the, yeah. the value of human life us being made in the image yeah. of God. Which is so different than our culture. I mean, really. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was thinking about this as you were sharing about how, because I've, when I've read this passage or heard this passage preached or whatever, you, you think, like, man, these people lost their livelihoods. Like, they're pay, like all their livelihood is gone. Um, and they were more concerned about that 
something that could be replaced. They could all still work. They can still hurt other pigs. There's, these aren't the only pigs on the planet. Mm-hmm. But that was the concern rather than the salvation and of yeah. the man. Yeah. And in our own lives, I mean, we are we're quick to desire, oh, I hope that person overcomes their drug addiction or they get their life straightened around. But none of us are ready to to sell all of our possessions Yeah, yeah. for that. It's like, well, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to go that far. And if you tie it to yeah. the issue of the sanctity of human life, yep. like unborn life, yeah. life at conception, oftentimes the argument is how are they going to afford a child? Yeah. Or that's going to, that's going to, you know, I have a plan and that's going to put me way behind or yeah. I can't afford it right now. It's so you like, see the idol of money, of yeah. wealth. Yeah. It's not new. Being put above the value of life. And Jesus says like, not just wealth, but generational yeah. wealth. going to toss it into the ocean. Yeah. It's not because this man is more valuable. And, and the irony is like, it's not irony, but Jesus knew the pigs are going to drown. Yeah. Like, you know, he's he's removing the idol, the barrier that's going to keep the the village from from needing a savior. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe their their realization. Yeah. Their, that idol. He's just like it's going to get rid of. And then he's sending the the guy. The reason for all the pigs dying. He's going to send that same person. That, you know, go home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how He has mercy on you. Yeah, exactly. There's an evangelism thrust yeah. there that if you have been changed by Jesus, if he has saved you, mm-hmm. you're to go. Yeah. And we see that in Matthew 28, like, yeah. go therefore. Yes. So, all that to say, um, we had, um, oh yeah, and we were just pointing out that Jesus is, Jesus was showing his goodness mm-hmm. by coming over here. We started off by kind of drawing that tension right. of, if there's misery in the world, then either God can't be all good or he can't be all powerful. Like, it, right. it's one of those things, at least according to that author, and we're saying that actually... Mm-hmm. Jesus used this yeah. to bring about a greater good mm-hmm. so that not only does this man get saved, but then we can see it, that he goes to others right. who can then get saved. And then what ends up happening is Jesus shows his goodness by going to the man, and he shows his power mm-hmm. by removing the demons. Yeah. And he yeah. shows his goodness in coming to us and going to the cross on our behalf, and he shows his power in overcoming death mm-hmm. and overcoming sin and the consequences yeah. of sin for yeah. us. And so yeah. we see God's goodness and his power at the cross. That's good. All right, so two questions for you, Rob, just oh to follow up with. Um, you had asked me a portion of the text that was difficult and a portion of the text that was enlightening or maybe new or, um, yeah, yeah. Kind of refreshing. portion of the text that um, was difficult was the just trying to better understand um, why Mark only said one man mm-hmm. um, a and, different yeah and matthew said the gospel said yeah. too because yeah. immediately just from the surface level i mean it's like oh shoot that seems to be a contradiction and i'm a firm believer that there are mm-hmm. no true contradictions in scripture mm-hmm. um if you understand the context you understand the writing style if you understand um like what the text is saying then there, there aren't any aren't any contradictions mm-hmm. but people who don't want to put the time into it will say, boom, contradiction, Right. Yeah, argument yeah, yeah. one. And so when I read that, I felt that, mm-hmm. oh, shoot, we've got to, we've got to explain this. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was one of the things. Um, and then the, the enlightening thing, there, there were several things, the commentaries that I was looking at were really good, but um, I think the separate beggings, mm-hmm. seeing how the demons yeah. knew their time was coming. So they begged, not yeah. yet. And then the people who saw what happened, begged Jesus to, to leave. Mm-hmm. And then, the man who wanted to be with Jesus was the one who was actually saved, yeah. and there's a desire 
he's begging yeah. to be with him. Yeah, no, that's great. It is interesting, I think, as we people often say, well, if God just came, if Jesus just showed up, you know, and yeah, and Jesus, as we know, walked the earth. God walked the earth, and people like that was not satisfactory enough. Mm-hmm. You know, most people just said, oh, please get get away from me. They they knew who he was in the sense that he was he was divine, but they did not want him. Yeah, you know, so yeah, so true, good. so true. Um, we overestimate how much we um, we overestimate our goodness and underestimate our ruin. Yeah, if Jesus was here, I would I would follow him. If you just show me, yeah, if he could just reveal himself, mm-hmm. so, well, he has, <laughs> and someday he will again. Yeah, amen. To that. And it won't be, it'll be too late. So you're preaching the, the next passage, the next after yeah, that, Lord willing. Yep, the Lord willeth. Yep, good. Um, it is different. It's a challenge I have found personally. Just preaching and preaching through narrative is is different. Yeah, you know, um, more of a story based, trying to understand the different what exactly is the main point of of the narrative can be mm-hmm. a challenge. So, um, why did you guys pick Mark? Why are you guys? In, I mean, all good, any part you can oh, go yeah. anywhere. But was there like a? So we we initially did a study through First Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, during right. COVID, because yeah. First Peter people exiled, um, kind of mm-hmm. not able to gather, um, and so what? So we did that, and then when we were you're saying it, and when people when he was writing First Peter is about people who are exiled. Yes, and then you guys were not able to gather. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah, the people were still able to gather in yeah. in Peter, um, but just under a lot of persecution. Were they gathering in Peter? Or were they gathering in Jesus Christ? <laughs> well, Roman are you Catholic Catholic? theology. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good clarification. But then, um, just being a church plant, yeah. we knew we were going to have visitors, mm-hmm. and um, we wanted to go through a gospel. Yeah, just oh, that's to great. Help people that's better great. understand the gospel, and I, I really wanted to have our people walk through the gospel mm-hmm. so they could be very well versed in the gospel to be able to yes. see it, yeah. to be able to walk through it, to feel well acclimated with it. Mm-hmm. And so, when it came to the four gospels, mm-hmm. I said, you know what, like. I'm, I've never taken any any congregation through a whole book, mm-hmm. and um, Mark's the shortest one. Yeah. So let's start there. If we're gonna do a gospel, let's start with the shortest one. Yeah. And very practical, very pragmatic, so to speak. Maybe not the best decision <laughs> reason to make a decision, but we yeah. knew we wanted to go through a gospel. Yeah, yeah. That's and so great. we said, you know what? Let's go through Mark. There it is. Wonderful. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Rob, anything else you want to add to the uh, the sermon recap? Uh, series we've just completed <laughs> no i kind of like it i did too i don't yeah. know if the listeners do listeners let us know if you like this if not um that's okay you're not gonna hurt our feelings mm-hmm. so let us know if you prefer us to go back to more we topical style don't hear from you we'll just assume you like it <laughs> we we may do that it saves us a lot of time on prep and with being each involved with the church plant each involved with jobs outside of the church mm-hmm. and each with two kids um three and under mm-hmm we could use uh, all the extra time we can get. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Well, hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate uh, just your faithfulness to the podcast. We mm-hmm. always appreciate those who um, leave us reviews and ratings on iTunes or Spotify. Um, it's always encouraging for us. As always, you can contact us. First of all, just go to our website, simpletheology.com. Dot org. I knew it was wrong. Come on, man. Um, Three years into this thing. No. And... Um, <laughs> How can we don't have a .com? Because somebody else has oh, it. Oh, God. Yeah. They literally bought it before we did. Yeah. 
simpletheology.com. wonder what's there. Have you ever um, gone there? Anyway, if you go know. to simpletheology.org, you can uh, listen to episodes. You can email us, info at simpletheology.org. Um, you can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash simpletheology. And we're on Instagram as well, simpletheologypod. Um, you can actually leave us a voicemail, which nobody has, yeah, but at okay. 614-233-1098. Again, that's 614-233-1098. And we mean this wholeheartedly. We genuinely, genuinely, genuinely appreciate hearing from you guys. Um, genuinely. Genuinely. So please, just go ahead and reach out. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. But anyway, appreciate you guys. Peace. Love y'all. Peace. Peace.